Hi, Paul Scanlon here. Thanks for taking the time to click on my podcast. I want to spend time focusing on my primary passions of leadership, personal development, communication, growing big people, and I hope that these podcasts really help and add value to your life and to your journey. Thanks for tuning in. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 16 to 20, NIV Bible. Let's read one of the most beautiful, amazing passages written by the genius that was the Apostle Paul, one of my, and I guess your New Testament heroes, that I think there'll be a cue to speak to him, certainly, in heaven. He'll probably have a booking system by now. So from now on, Paul says, regard, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. That itself is massive. I wish the church would get that figured out. Let's not regard anyone from a worldly, stereotyping, boxing them in, predicting based on appearance and postcode and side of the tracks they come from. I regard no one anymore from those points of view. Though we once regarded Christ even in that way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us, the church, the message of reconciliation. Wonder what your message is? Our message is a message of reconciliation, of second chance, of everybody's welcome, of whosoever may come. A message of reconciliation. We are therefore, in light of this, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Everybody say ambassadors. We are Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal, his reconciling appeal through us. And so we implore you, the church he's writing to, on Christ's behalf to be reconciled with God. This amazing leader, this amazing apostle, this amazing guy brought to us this rich New Testament language that we now take for granted, often don't appreciate the, the beauty of his language when Paul teaches us metaphors for the church, like the church is a family, or the church is an army, or the church is a body, or the church is a bride. Or the church is a vine, and we were grafted in, he talks about in Romans, and uses this gardening, horticultural, agricultural analogy about us. And Paul uses these metaphors. Imagine how much these ideas, these pictures of church have enabled us to talk about the church to non-church people and to explain the church to ourselves through, because we can't understand some of the mystical theologically shrouded in mystery language of the theologians over the centuries, but we can get family, we can get arm, we can get body and vine, and, and as, the, as the army of God, we know that we fight, and we put on the full armor, and so on, and as the bride of Christ, we love and are loved, and as God's family, we belong, and we include others who need to belong. And as the vine, we grow and are fruitful. We get all that. But he uses the term here. 
that I've never heard anyone speak about. And I'm fascinated by Paul's use of this term, this metaphor for us, that we are ambassadors. That he saw his life, he saw his ministry summed up in this moment of his life as an ambassador for Christ and through his ambassadorial calling and status and identity that Christ was making his reconciliatory appeal to the earth through Paul, not just as a leader or a preacher or a pastor or an Ephesians 4 ministry. We know those terms, but as an ambassador. And as ambassadors, we live in one place. There's some screens going to come up behind me to just help you understand what I think he's telling us, that we need to understand because he didn't explain to us what he meant. So it's for people like me to try and figure out what he meant to bring this term alive to us tonight. As ambassadors, we live in one place, but we are from another place. Paul knew this deeply to his core. He's got to have known this stuff with some of the stuff he went through in life. As ambassadors, we live in a host nation but we are from a home nation. As ambassadors, we live in a host nation, but we are resourced from our home nation. Steve mentioned it this morning in the offering, and again tonight when he talked to us about we need to look beyond the pain of the circumstances we are in and beyond the troubles of the world and reach into God that is our Father and our healer and our provider. And this morning talked to us in the offering about how Isaac sowed in famine and reaped a hundredfold harvest in conditions when no one's planting, because why would you? The experts weren't planting. You don't plant in famine. And he planted in the most adverse hostile conditions and look out, didn't just reap slightly, which would have been awesome, but reaped a massive bumper crop because like Isaac and all these other amazing individuals through history, we could look out one by one tonight. They had an understanding, whatever they called it, I don't know. Paul used this term. So we can apply it across the board now that Isaac was living in the host famine of the host nation, as it were, but was resourced and sustained from somewhere else. And because he was not defined and confined and controlled and limited by the conditions of the host nation, he was able to live from his home nation in a way that no one else could understand where he got that resource from. Greece may be broke, but the British ambassador to Greece is not broke. And maybe there's no electricity, or no fuel, or no food, or no medicine in the host nations of the world where our ambassadors from this country are. But our ambassadors from our home, England, are in no lack though their host nations are in lack, our ambassadors from our home nation, their home nation, are not subject to and affected by and governed by that lack. So in the midst of famine 
and the midst of lack and the midst of difficulty in the 2008 economic meltdown in our world, 9-11, post 9-11, cops being shot, race riots in America, in the midst of the worst of times, it's worth reminding us tonight that this is not our home nation. That we do not draw our identity or our values or our callings or our relationships or our direction from what happens in the host nation that we are in, but we are sustained from and we are resourced from and we are connected to somewhere else, something else, someone else that allows us like Isaac to behave in a time of lack with weird, crazy, unusual, makes no sense generosity. That we are able to be gracious and loving and merciful and forgiving in a time when there is a famine and a lack in our host nations of all that stuff. For we are ambassadors of Christ and we are in one place, but we are from another place. There are two kinds of ambassadors. I didn't know this and because I like to study things that I talk about a lot more than I probably tell people, I found it fascinating that there are two kinds of ambassadors and one is called extraordinary ambassadors which sounds like what we want to be till you hear the next one. The next one is plenipotentiary. I want that just for the word. <laughs> Extraordinary ambassadors, which sounds a grand title we would all enjoy, are actually temporary ambassadors. And they have fewer powers and less authority than this second kind of ambassador, which is plenipotentiary. Plenipotentiary means permanent. And these permanent plenipotentiary ambassadors have full power and full authority of their sending home nation invested in them. And I want to say to you, the reason I wanted to see these two terms is because I believe that we have behaved like extraordinary ambassadors in terms of temporary. We've behaved as if we are temporary in the wrong way. And we are not extraordinary ambassadors. We are plenipotentiary ambassadors all of our lives. Till the day we die, we are here in an ambassadorial calling, an ambassadorial identity on behalf of our home nation all of our lives. Because I tell you, our temporary theologies and our temporary mentalities have not served our host nation well. Even the Jews in captivity, as you know, in Babylon, modern-day Iraq, it says that they hung their harps up they, in the willow tree. They put away their life church songs. They put away their hill songs and their Bethel music songs and said, we can't sing this stuff anymore in this hostile territory. We can't be who we are in this land of captivity, we are human trafficked into a place where we should not be. We are in enforced capture, enforced 
held. We are refugees. This is not our home, and it's not going to end anytime soon. And so God's people in Babylon, in captivity, had this bailout, off-ramp, uncoupling from responsibility mentality. And God said to Jeremiah in 29, 5, 7, tell my people in captivity to build houses, to settle down, to plant gardens, to marry and have kids and marry off their kids and tell their kids to have kids. I want my people there to increase in number, not decrease. Seek the peace and prosperity, tell them, of Babylon. Pray for your host nation because if it prospers, you will prosper. And it can't prosper without God's people being who we are, bringing our home into our host home. Our host nation is physical and external. But our home nation is spiritual and internal. I'm taking you somewhere here with this contrast of the home nation and the host nation. Our host nation is temporal and our home nation is eternal. We will spend forever and ever in our home nation. And the time we'll spend here on some days can feel like forever and ever. But it is but a blink and a breath compared to our eternity in our eternal home. Our host nation is the world. And our home nation is the kingdom of God. The church is heaven's embassy on the earth. It is God's sovereign territory in the earth. It is our peace of our home nation in our host nation. We are God's embassy all around the world. Millions of us, millions of churches all around the world don't understand this because they don't behave like it. They do not offer refuge and resource and influence and bless and help and invest in as Jeremiah told them in their host nation. They have this bunker mentality, this temporary bailout mentality, which has not served our communities well. And certainly our church was not doing that in the late 90s, which was part of the reason we desperately needed to refigure out who we were and why we were here. We were not here for us to have a great time in the embassy, to have nice soirees, and parties for overfed, under-exercised Christians in the embassy where we had a great time every week but didn't reach anyone. It didn't seem to matter that we didn't reach anyone because we reached them in our theology, in our preaching, in our singing. But God help you if you came in this building with a mohawk and a body piercing. Now that's on the platform. Back then, it was nowhere to be seen in our church. That's how insular that's how inside the embassy we all were. This term ambassador gives us massive insight 
into how I believe Paul, bless him, survived. I mean, when you read Paul's list, which must be only a brief part of what he went through, of his sufferings, of his beatings and his stonings and the death threats and the jail time he did and his shipwreck and his assassination attempts on his life and the betrayals and the desertions and the rejections and the lack and the nakedness and the sleeplessness. He mentions this list and then by the way puts and besides all of that I had this burden of my concern for the churches. That was outside of his burdens that the churches brought to him, which were many. This was what the host nation was doing to him. And Paul, I believe, discovered something, which is why I think he uses the term ambassador in the first place. I believe Paul discovered something in his ambassadorial status, beyond what I've said so far about his dual placement in a host, but coming from a home nation. I think beyond his knowing he is here to be a carrier of this home nation message to the host nation in his generation of reconciliation, not of this from the embassy, sending out memos to let them know what we don't agree with, but this huge heart of love he had to the point where he said, I became all things to all people. Got me in a lot of trouble, like it did Jesus. But he understood this was his calling, this was his life to be an ambassador of reconciliation. But there's something else he figured out, and it's what all ambassadors around the world have, and it's called diplomatic immunity. Hey guys, just want to let you know about a resource that I'm making available to everyone called Aging Well. It is a video series, almost 11 hours in length, over 60 videos and it covers aging well in five areas aging well physically mentally emotionally relationally and generationally it has a ebook that goes with it it also has a Q&A and workbook that comes with it i think you guys are going to find it a real addition to your personal growth investment i hope you'll enjoy it you're going to find it at gbpacademy.com